Hi, and welcome back to Unsighted, the internet's least reliable English lit podcast. I'm Chantel. And I'm Amy. And uh, we have a peer review. Okay. Whoa, we haven't had a peer review in so long. It's probably because I just haven't been checking our email at all. Wait, do people still email us? One person who was not a scam artist emailed us recently. I just happened to check the mailbox before it was all deleted. And I'm just going to read it because it's really nice. Okay. Hi, really enjoyed your podcast. All the details in Who's Who are specifically based on Lawrence of Arabia, T.E. Lawrence, but as you say, the poem generalizes this, so it's more about the ordinary wishes of someone who seems extraordinary. You can find the Lawrence of Arabia details in any big book about Auden. Best wishes, and keep those podcasts coming. And so that was lovely. And thank you so much for, like communicating with us um i think you're like one of the only people who has access to our email now i realized that i actually had our email details still in the podcast description so i think that's where people were getting it from but uh it's gone now it's gone forever so you'll never know what our email is again unless you go back to our old podcast and listen to the outro yeah so at the beginning of our podcast we were like we're gonna have an email and it's gonna be great and then spam bots happened yeah everyone wants to start a business with us or like have us collect a dowry or an estate or whatever god i wish we had an estate or a dowry contact us at unsighted pod on twitter and send us your dowry much that's a word that's a word for a a situation you get money for and it doesn't matter the context and now we're going to talk about the book yeah okay this week we're talking about the mortal instruments series first book by cassandra clare city of bones and aimster that's me what does this have to do with our undergrad pray tell i guess like not much except a lot um (laughs) so We read the books independently as youths, and then when we were in our undergrad, not one, but two adaptations came out. Oh my god, I forgot about the movie adaptation. I'm so mad. You forgot about the movie? I'm so mad. It's the better one. What? Oh, the movie was better than a TV show. Oh, frick, frack. We'll save it till the end, but you are not correct. Okay. Um, I am, because the show took some fucking liberties. The movie read the back of the book and then made a movie. (laughs) The TV show killed the mom. We'll get there. Okay. So the book, it has some criticisms across the interwebs. Sure. Some of which are legitimate, some of which are probably not. But I think TV Tropes already has a pretty good description of it, which I usually don't like to just read, but this one's like really good. So does it summarize the TV show or the book? The book. Okay. But we'll fill in the gaps and I'll make it interesting for y'all and I'll leave out anything that's not interesting. So the series follows the teenage Clary Frey. She's actually 15 years old. That's just me adding that in. It's important because she goes to a nightclub. What is New York? (laughs) After she witnesses three teenagers apparently commit murder in a nightclub, but no one else can see them. Not long later, she goes home to discover that her apartment's been trashed and her mother's gone missing. Soon she and her childhood friend, Simon, are dragged into the world of the Shadow Hunters. The three teenagers, Jace, Alec, and Isabel, explain their world to her. Mythical creatures such as vampires and werewolves do exist. I don't know why they left out fairies and... Unfairies. Warlocks. Warlocks. 
uh, demons. What else? Angels. I guess. Okay. I, I see why they did it now. <laughs> There's so much. <laughs> okay. No, but it says known to them as downworlders. So the downworlders are the vampires, werewolves, warlocks, right. and fair folk. Well, the five, because there's a Seelie and Unseelie court, and they're different. Fine. We talked about it in our Goblin Market episode. Fine. <laughs> and that shadow hunters are a special breed. Don't like that. Of people that act like supernatural policemen. Ugh, except gross. This is a bad summary. Less problematic. <laughs> Sometimes. Making sure that mundanes, that's just not shadow hunter people, are safe and never find out about the demons that are invading their dimension. Bum, bum, bum. But things aren't over for Clary just yet. There's a war on the horizon. The shadow hunters against massive demon forces conjured by the man who took her mother, Valentine. There's so much to unpack there, though. Clary's personal life <laughs> is not without its own drama. Her relationship with Simon is slowly getting more and more complicated. And what is she to do about the beautiful and elusive Jace, who seems very attracted to her? So yeah, that's the Cliff's Notes. That's the Cliff's Notes. Like, you missed so much. You missed about Hodge, who's like the guy who like leads the the institute. You didn't explain what an institute well, was. Well, why don't we just go over like the uh, persona gradi or whatever the Shakespeare word for it is. Dramatic persona. Dramatis personae. Let's go over the dramatis personae for this book. Okay, so there's Clary. Yep. She's 15 years old. She's the main character. She's small. She has bright hair, red hair, green eyes, which is rare. She's accused of being a Mary Sue on the internet, or at least she was when that was a thing. My god, tw 2007 was so wild. Uh, it's just like when people didn't like a female character and she didn't have enough flaws in their opinion, that's what they would call her. Uh, but she's fine. Like, she's she has lots of flaws, actually. She got annoying at one point because later books, but like overall, she was a really good character. Like, so she's she's an artist. Um, she lives with her mom. Um, and she has her friend Simon, who's a musician. He has a lot of band names. We'll get to that. <laughs> and like, she's just like an average girl who just happens to be able to see things. I'm your basic average girl, and I'm here to save the world. You can't stop me. We don't me have copyrights I'm for that. Refray. <laughs> Changed it. Fair use. <laughs> cool. Yeah, so Clary is a person who was born into the shadow world, but taken out of it, and her memories were erased, and she has special powers. Yes. Because of angel blood, question mark? Yes, because of angel blood. So Simon, next up on our dramatis personae list, is her best friend. He does have a lot of band names because he's in a band. He is a Jewish kid who is in a band. It's important that he's Jewish because he becomes a vampire. <laughs> And he's not affected by crosses, but he is affected by Stars of David. Yeah. Which is fun. Like that it's inclusive. He is a, quote, nice guy because he has a crush on Clary. And then when she doesn't have a crush on him back, he's like really mean. He's really mean yeah, about it. It's not necessary. But, like Clary's not necessarily like nice to him either during this period. She is though. She is. She's sensitive to his feelings. She just doesn't like him back. And she goes and lives her own life and has her own romance subplot. Yeah, but she kind of like puts, like she neglects him for a really long time i think i would too tbh i think he's being kind of a jerk but we can have different opinions about it yeah i mean also he, re he really hated jace because jace was like a pretty boy but anyways we'll get to jace i really liked simon because he was the nerdy type of boy and i liked the nerdy type of boy i liked him too as a teenager i just reread it later and then realized how 
problematic he is as a person. I think I haven't read the first book since like 2010. So like I only remember him from like the later books and the sequel mm, where he's like he's a much better. full human being. I think he just needed to like have these emotions and that's okay that he had them. Everyone has bad things in their life. Everybody has those days. Everybody has those days. Everybody has regretful items in their past. It just so happens that Simon's past is currently happening in the book that we're talking about now. Yes. Yes. Jocelyn is Clary's mom. She was a shadow hunter. So the people descended from angels who fight demons. The breeds. Stop. <laughs> She ran away from the Shadowhunters because of her abusive husband, who is like this Voldemort-type character who wanted to wipe out all the downworlders, warlocks, yeah. fairies, vampires, werewolves. Bears, tigers, oh my. <laughs> and she was correct, too, because he was constantly experimenting on her and her child with angel blood, and that's why Clary's special. We're not there yet yeah. in the books. But Jocelyn also kind of screwed up as a mom, I think, when she had Clary's memories wiped. Um, so Jocelyn didn't want Clary to grow up in the Shadow Hunter world because, like, her dad was fucking crazy. Um, so she had, like, her memories wiped by a warlock who we're going to get to. A la Frozen. A la Frozen. Before Frozen. And I think it was a detriment to Clary in the long run and their relationship in the long run. And I think Jocelyn was trying her best but uh didn't pan out well yeah i can agree with that um so the abusive ex-husband is valentine the guy who kidnaps her in the beginning of the first book yeah he founded something called the circle which is the thing that wanted to wipe out all the downworlders and it's kind of like the death eaters type situation where he's like we're the superior breed of people and therefore we should be in charge okay also to be like very clear here they're like a bunch of like 18 year old kids yes also that luke was uh valentine's former parabatai a parabatai is like a blood brother but more and yeah it's like you're very best friend uh, so just if we can explain the thing here because this is a lot um shadow hunters have these like tattoos things that are called runes and they like are they have special powers and whatever and one of them is a parabatai rune which basically makes you like BFFs for life, like you, you know when you're parabatite, like you get this weird like connection through the world, like you feel how they feel, you know where they are. It's like it's like the weird twinception, but they're not your twin. Yeah, and you can't date your parabatite, or can you? <laughs> So Luke is also Jocelyn's best friend, and he also runs away from the circle. And we find out later, it's probably because of the fact that he actually is a secret werewolf. So we can presume he was in the circle, became a werewolf, and then was like, well, I guess I can't try to wipe out werewolves, and then left. Yeah, that's what happened. He got werewolf fid. Uh, there's Jace, who's one of the other teens. He is also a shadow hunter. He lives in a big illusion building called the Institute. Which is just like a church. Which looks just like a rundown church from the outside, but inside it's uh, the TARDIS from Doctor Who. It's bigger on the inside and it's fancy. It's also prettier on the inside, yeah. Yeah. He is really a absolute douche canoe in this book. Uh, yeah, I think that's why I liked Simon so much and I didn't even care that he was like, you know, mean to Clary about it because Jace was just such an 
asshole this first book. Jace was my least favorite of the dudes in this book. He's really cold. He's really distant. He knows he's hot shit. Yeah. But he also has a lot of baggage because he was raised by... Wait, we're not there yet. Well... Okay, fine. No, but I think it's important here to like, you know, his... So he was he was orphaned, but he was then raised by Valentine. But he doesn't know that. He doesn't know that. And he just has a lot of like, you know, I was abused baggage which is like fine for him to have but it also makes him like super like trying a bit too hard to be the best i think at everything he also has angel blood yes. which again spoiler you're but, jumping like, so a- far ahead from my because i was gonna reveal something <laughs> and then you unrevealed it <laughs> already <laughs> You can go whatever you can. Um, but he was, you know, he was orphaned. His parents were murdered, and he lives with the Lightwoods yes. at the institute. Yes, is that okay. a good segue? Yeah. So, um, he beep, also beep, beep, beep. he does kiss Clary in the book, and then Simon sees it, and it's a whole big shtick. But then yeah. at the end, they pull this like star wars situation i am your father where they're like oh you two are into each other you're actually brother and sister because valentine catches him and then he's like hey you know how i'm clary's dad i'm also your dad jokes on you buddy i forgot this happened it was such a (laughs) blip in the series (laughs) so it's very like star wars except they put it into the planned beginning book instead of just chucking it into an unplanned sequel where it made no sense. Yeah, that was a weird part. Yeah. But they're not. Spoiler alert, they're actually not. Valentine lied and he did raise him but adopted him. So I guess he is kind of her adopted brother, but they didn't grow yeah, up and together. And because he didn't raise Clary, like they didn't grow up together, so it's not weird. Yeah. There are a lot of other weird things in this book and this is surprisingly not one of them. Shockingly, this one is not. Yeah. There's Alec. Alec is Jace's parabatai. Alec was the one I had a crush on. I had a huge well, crush on Alec. Well, of course. Alec. Of course. Alec has black hair, blue eyes, really sweet, really quiet. Wears sweaters with holes in them. Love him forever. He also lives at the Institute. And he has a crush on Jace, which is problematic in two ways, because you can't date your parabatai, and also Jace is straight. So, oh, also, like... The Shadowhunter world unnecessarily is super homophobic. I kind of get annoyed when like fantasy worlds are really homophobic because it's like they don't need to be, you know? You have fucking fairies and warlocks and actual demons from like the actual hell part. Yeah. Eden or whatever it's called. Edom. Edom, thank you. And you're like, oh, this guy likes another guy. Mm, that's not allowed that doesn't fly like you can you can hide from normal human beings you have magical tattoos that help you see in the dark but no god forbid a man likes another man yeah or any variation it's annoying because like you're creating this whole lore of this whole new world and i know that it was 2007 and it was a different time and like him being queer was the type of representation that there was at the time yeah it's like tragically gay, but yes. it, it does annoy me now because it's like you could just easily not do that, you know? Yeah. You could just easily have some representation that's actually nice and happy, but whatever. I mean, we do get that later in later books. I think as the series evolved, just to give like Cassandra Clare some, you know, props where it's kind of due. Oh, yeah. Like she does have like in her other series, like she has a bisexual character. She has a lesbian character. She has a character who's in like a triad with fairies. It's 
it's fun. So like there is a lot of like representation. It's just when the books were written, like 2007 was a bad time. If you think now is bad, like 2007 was bad. Side note, here's some successful queer representation. Our friend runs a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. So if you don't care about all about Dungeons and Dragons, you can like skip this part. But that Dungeons and Dragons world is different from some other Dungeons and Dragons worlds that have been established within like their books. Um, Because there is no homophobia or transphobia or anything, which is great because I had a character that I was playing who was trans and his name was Gareth and he was a witchborn, which is like people that um, like a hag, an evil witch person steals a baby and like Like a changeling eats her and then gives birth to her and um, then the baby becomes a hag when she turns 13, but it only works on baby girls. And if it doesn't work for some reason, that person becomes a witchborn, which is like has all the powers, but isn't evil. And Gareth mm. is a witchborn because it didn't work because it only works on baby girls and he was a baby trans boy. Right. So he hides the fact that he's witchborn, but he doesn't have to hide the fact that he's trans. Right. So that's fun. Yeah. And I mean, like there is, I completely forgot about this, but in the sequel series, okay, there's like, 12 books bear with us in the sequel series there's a character who is trans and like i had completely forgotten that she is because it's just who she is kind of thing um i mean like the governing body still hates her for it kind of thing because they see it as unnatural because they're super archaic and i think world being like homophobic like republicans i think like the prejudice built into the world due to the fact that it was 2007 ties into the fact that like the government is just filled with old white men Kind of yeah thing, you know yeah there's also a lot of like that racism that's racism but it's not racism against like a race as we would understand it it's racism against a race like fairies warlocks or warlocks yeah. um, a breed of person if you will stop saying breed of person is so strange <laughs> Uh, okay and then there's isabel who is alex's sister she my sister isabel (laughs) we'll get there when we talk about the show but she is very rude in this book okay so if clary's our mary sue isabel is typecasted as this like sensual tall boots type of girl who's like kind of a badass and scary yeah but like not in like in a bad way in a hot way yeah (laughs) she's clary's foil yes because clary is new to the shadow hunter world isabel is an old hat she is really good at everything she has a cool like fire whip or something that she kills demons with yeah she has like a whip that's made out of angel steel stella yeah (laughs) she is very feminine where as Clary's like a tomboy. Yeah. She is really like catty, whereas Clary is kind of just like innocent and sweet. It's very 2007. It's very 2007. And it's very like women can't get along with each other yet. But they fix it they do. later in the series because then they become BFFs and um, Isabel ends up being Clary's closest female friend, but her best friend is still Simon. Yeah, because they get over the bump in the road. Simon was allowed to have feelings, he was allowed to be mean, and then they reconcile their friendship. Yep. And then there's Hodge, who is the leader of the Institute. He is very sweet. He's like this just nice old guy. Don't don't yet. <laughs> he's kind of like Giles from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where he's just like this old dude who's like really traditional, has a British accent, is just kind of like herding these cats when he's taking care of these teens who fight demons. Yeah, literally. <laughs> but then at the end, 
surprise, he's actually evil because they get this uh, like MacGuffin back. The MacGuffin is the mortal cup. I don't really know what it does. It's just a MacGuffin. It's the thing that turns people into shadow hunters. Sure. They spend the whole book looking for it and they're like, oh, this is really an important item and we need to not let it get into Valentine's hands. Because then he can make shadow hunters, but he doesn't know how to make them properly. So they all fuck up and become forsaken. I have too much knowledge. And then they do get the cup from a tarot card, which is fun because it was the Ace of Cups. And then they give it to Hodge and they're like, Hodge, protect this. And he's like, cool, thanks for this cup. Here, Valentine, here's this cup. And they're like, why are you evil? Well, he was trapped in the Institute, for starters. And this was like his get out of jail free card. Mm -hmm. And he turned out to be like kind of helpful in the later books. It was a big plot twist. It was a huge plot twist. And then it was completely inconsequential to everything else that happened. I feel like the whole end of this book was just plot twist after plot twist. Just like, oh, surprise, Valentine is Clary's dad. Oh, surprise, Jace is Clary's brother. Oh, surprise, Hodge is actually evil in a circle member. Yeah. He's like, oh, Hodge is Scabbers because yes. he was part of the gang and then he turned out to be a Death Eater. Yes. And... I find that this entire book series, and like I'm talking about the like 12 books that exist currently, there is just like, you crochet, you, you know that, that box of yarn you have that kind of just isn't organized and has a bunch of weird ends and they're kind of all tangled together? That's how this book series feels to me. There's just so many ends and it's exhausting to wait for all of them to be tied together. Yes. They actually say in the part of the TV tropes page that I didn't read, originally conceived as a trilogy, dangling plot threads were meant to be tied up in a graphic novel. So like the trilogy ended... And there were still loose threads. Like... Yeah. And then there were another three books. And then she wasn't satisfied with how she wrapped up the loose threads in the loose thread wrap-up book that was specifically designed to wrap up the loose threads. So she made another three whole books and then started working on another series in the same universe because presumably there were more loose threads. Oh, that's not even it. So you have so you have the main trilogy that has a sequel three books to it, which makes it like a six book series. And then you have a prequel series of three books. And then you have a sequel series of three books to the main series. And then you have in between the prequel and the main series, another half prequel series. So it's like The Lion King, The Lion King 2, The Lion King 1 and a half, The Lion King 1 and 3 quarters, <laughs> The Lion King 3. It's, it's a good <laughs> thing that it's an interesting world to live in when you're reading it. It very much is. It's like, it's a great urban fantasy YA. Um, very 2007. Our last character is Magnus Bane. Oh. My now personal fave. Um, love him. Unproblematic. He is a wonderful warlock who placed a memory charm on Clary. Then we got Sparks flying with Alec because he's like a million years old and he's 800 years old and has many loves in his life. He likes the wine, not the label. He likes the wine, not the label. I love him and I love them together. And I just, no one can convince me that they're not the best couple in the books. They are. A hundred percent. Well, I, okay. So like Jocelyn and Luke are pretty good. Oh, they are my second favorite. Well, Magnus is in every single series. It's just, it's good. It's fun. And like, so I read this, I said, I think in like 2010 and my friend who I will name Maggie because I don't know if she wants her name to be said. She lent me like the first three books and I was like, okay, fine. I'll read them. And I'm starting to read them. And then I just 
eat them up like little cakes. <laughs> I read, I think, the first four books in like 11 days. And like I was at school and I remember walking down the hallway with her and being like, it's so weird. I feel like I'm in this world. I'm like, am I glamored? Like, I keep thinking there's going to be like, you know, demons coming out of the lockers. Like, it's such an like all-encompassing type of it's immersive and i hate that it is because they're not like they're problematic in certain areas and i think we touched on a couple of them but it was such a relief from the mundaneness of my small town like it was interesting choice of words it was on purpose <laughs> i just i really enjoyed it then the next book came out and like every time i come back to the world i'm like oh it's so grueling to get back into it because there's so many plot lines but like it's so Good. It is really good. Uh, I did give up on it, admittedly, because I think I had just stopped reading it for so long and there's so many plot lines yeah. that like it's almost impossible to get back into once you stop. You're like, who's this character? And you're like, oh, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> but yeah, I agree with you that it, especially it would be really different if you're from a small town because not only is it, you know, angels and demons, but it's also New York City. It's New York City. And it's not just like, you know, it's New York City. It's like fun New York City. Yeah. Like it's teenagers going to clubs. It's like cool indie coffee shops it's you know living in a studio apartment with your mom in a loft of some sort and like she's an artist and you're an artist and it's cool and it's different and it's not your run-of-the-mill town yeah it's like you see someone get murdered at a club and then the next day you go to a poetry reading at an indie coffee shop and see the same hot guy who murdered the person in front of you explain to you that you're a magical half angel person yeah super fun it was great escapism yes back to magnus and alec for a second of course and how much I love them. Mm -hmm. This is from a later book where Magnus tells Alec that he's into him big time. Book three? Book two? I don't know. I think so. Book three. Alec demands to know why Magnus hasn't called him back. And then Magnus says, you're an idiot. And Alec says, is that why you didn't call me? Because I'm an idiot? And Magnus says, no, I didn't call you because I'm tired of you only wanting me around when you need something. I'm tired of watching you be in love with someone else. Someone incidentally, who will never love you back. Not the way I do. Alex says, you love me? Magnus says, you stupid Nephilim. Why else am I here? Why else would I have spent the past few weeks patching up all your moronic friends every time they got hurt and getting you out of every ridiculous situation you found yourself in, not to mention helping you win a battle against Valentine and all completely free of charge? Because, you know, warlocks are for hire. Alex says, I hadn't looked at it that way. Magnus says, of course not. You never look at it anyway. I'm 700 years old, Alexander. I know when something isn't going to work. You won't even admit I exist to your parents. And then Alec misses the point and is surprised that Magnus is 700 years old. Yeah, so I have many things to say here. The first being, I forgot that the first six books basically happen within less than a year. And the first three books happen within like less than three months. Yeah. So that's crazy. I forgot that, like, I think we need to explain two things. Uh, Nephilim is the name for the Shadowhunters. Um, they are half angel, half people, basically is what it comes down to. Except Jason Clary, who Valentine experimented on in utero with extra angel blood. So they're extra yeah. angel. They're like three quarters angel. They're Nephilim plus. Nephilim version 2.0. Yeah. Nephilim X. Yeah. And then basically every 
city town borough has a warlock a high warlock and this group of ne'er-do-well shadow hunters basically use him like to fix them to heal them to figure out their entire lives and he's just like yeah sure i'll help you because alex is cute because Alec is older as well. Alec is 18 at the beginning? Yeah, I think so. And Magnus is 800, so... Uh, but like 28. Not too big an age gap. Yeah, like he's not <laughs> that old. But I want to bring up the idea of cats. Tell me about cats. We didn't talk about the cats. Well, is this a segue because Magnus has cat eyes? Okay, so all warlocks have like a warlock mark and he has his cat eyes. But he also has a cat named Chairman Meow. And the Institute has a cat named Church. And that's important for other books. But... I <laughs> think it's a lot of fun that there are kitty cats. I do love that there are cats. I think the cats didn't make the cut in the show. Uh, I think Church barely made it in. And they're, they have personalities. Every cat has a personality. No, but they're like like personality. So it's just like real life. <laughs> it's just like real life. <laughs> but it's fun because Church is like super old. And it's in a church. Yeah. The, the Institute and... is in a church. The cat is in the Institute. So yeah, he's in and, uh, a church. Did we talk about silent brothers yet oh my god okay so going back to how clary finds out she has a block on her memory where she can't remember why she's the shadow hunter i feel like a lot of the summary of this book when i was reading it was just like them going from place to place to find out new bits of information it was a mystery novel it was a mystery novel yeah. where they were finding out what happened to clary's kidnapped mother and in the mystery novel they just had to go between these different like sets basically yeah. um so they're in the institute and they're like oh something's going on with luke we should go check on luke and then they go to luke's house through a portal bookstore he has a bookstore they go to luke's bookstore through a portal and he's getting interrogated by valentine's people so they know luke's in on it and then they go back to the institute and they're like oh he was talking about this and they have to go to the Silent Brothers, which is like, they live in a graveyard. They have their mouths sewn shut. Yeah, so if the Shadowhunters are the cops of this world, the Silent Brothers are like the doctor, physicians, pharmacist they, I people. I was thinking of them as like monks. They are, but they're also very much into like the healing aspect. Okay. So they live in this thing called the City of Bones, where all the bones of the dead Shadowhunters are like entombed. You're like at the catacombs in Paris, I guess. Yeah, the cask of Amontillado. They're in robes and their mouths are sewn shut and they talk to you directly through your brain, like the voice in Dune. <laughs> like death in Terry Pratchett Discworld. Yes, nice segue. Thank you so much. They go to the Silent Brothers and the Silent Brothers in their head are like, you have a mind block and you have to go see Magnus Bane. So they go to Magnus Bane's house and they go back to the Institute and they go to Clary's house. I, I understand why and that it's not interesting to read a book of like people just being in the same room for 400 pages. But there's a lot of like going to a bunch of different places. Yeah, it's, it's a YA book. Like, oh, we need a new scene. We're going to go to a new place. <laughs> and like, it's a lot of like different perspective shifting. So like, just when you're starting to like get into like a really good plot line, like Jason and Clary are going to the Silent Brothers. It's like, let's pivot to go see what Izzy and her brother Alec are doing <laughs> in the Institute. And then they have like a chat. And like, it's, it's a lot of like, I was just getting into this. Or like, please get me back to these other people. Like, I want to know what's happening with like, Luke and Jocelyn. Tell me more. And you know. Yeah, it's very much that we are going to leave you on a cliffhanger, but we're not just going to pick up right after the cliffhanger like Dan Brown does in the infamous 
Da Vinci Code, which Nathan Brown is reading right now on Breaking Down Bad Books because it's a very bad book. It leaves you on the cliffhanger and then it goes somewhere else. And then you have to pick up at the cliffhanger like a chapter or two later. It's not even like a chapter or two. Sometimes it's like 300 pages. And I'm like, oh, gosh. Oh, right. This plotline <laughs> was still going on and everything happens concurrently. And which is like f- fantastic storytelling. How she keeps all of this in her head. I do not know. But, you know. Like, it's a good book. I'm, I'm ragging on it a little bit, but it is a good book. The first book's a bit murky, but like I thoroughly enjoy the series and like the bigger like world purview of it all. And like the first prequel series is my favorite one, but that's just because, you know, characters. <laughs> we'll get to it eventually, maybe. Yeah, no, it's it's a very good book series. And I think, you know, it's YA and it's good that it's YA because I think if it was an adult series, it would be not as good. Yeah, I agree. Maybe it's better because teenagers are reading it. Yeah, like. Like, it has better characters than it would if it would be an adult book. Not that you can't read it as an adult. You know, we're just talking about genres here and age groups. But it, it's really good if you like this kind of book. Yeah. The other thing about it is that it does that YA thing where, like, adults are useless. Oh, so useless. And the only useful person in this whole book who's an adult, besides Magnus, who's 800 years old but looks 19, is Luke. Luke is around and doing useful things, but every other adult is literally out of town at a meeting where are they they're at a meeting yeah like izzy and alex's parents are not having a good time and also not there and then all the other adults are evil if they're not trying to kill them they're at a meeting (laughs) or they're losing literally i'd like to bring up a character we haven't talked about and his name is max and he's alec and izzy's baby brother and he's just cute he's sweet he's He's like sweet eight at the beginning of the series i think yeah something like very adorable he likes anime Um, and his glasses are always askew and that's when i learned the word askew (laughs) i have no problems with max i usually have problems with children in books but i have no problems with him i want to talk about the show for a little bit i really love the show Mm. But we watched the first episode of the show together in the first like season or two when they first came out. And the show is called Shadowhunters. It does that thing where when it introduces a character, they like way over explain their relationship. (laughs) Yeah, I think like the the world is so big that like they really hit the nail on the head with everything they're trying to tell you. It's like they know that these two characters, like these two actors look good together. So they really want to pin down that Alec and Isabel are siblings. So Isabel walks in and she's like, oh, hi, Clary. Have you met Alec, my brother? My brother Alec? Hey, bro. You know um, how like our parents that we share together are out of town? (laughs) Anyway, moving on. So this is my brother Alec and Alec is my brother and we're related and we have the same mom and also the same dad and he's my brother. Yeah. For like the first episode or two. (laughs) Like every time she mentions him. For like the first season. (laughs) Something that the movie, which came out three years earlier, didn't do. I went into the movie and the first half of the movie was the book. And then the second half of the movie was not. It was just something else. Something else happened. And I walked out of the movie theater and I was like, did they finish reading the book? Like it was like they were on a deadline. They had to read the book and then write the script. And they read the first half of the book. And then they were like, oh no, we're running out of time. And they just like skimmed the rest of it. But like not really. Yeah. Maybe they like read it on Wikipedia. 
Wikipedia. So the movie had that problem, but the TV show had the problem that it read the book, built the world, and then was like, you know all these good things that you liked about the books? Let's chuck them. I think the thing with the series is that it ran longer than the books necessitated, so they needed to come Mm, up with new plot points. And also, I think they just wanted to come up with new plot points. Yeah, and I think it did the thing that TV shows do where they just kill the mother. Yeah. Um, So Jocelyn dies, and she doesn't die in the book series. Like, she gets married to Luke, and it's, like, a big thing, and, like, everybody's happy about it, and it's, like, the celebration at the end of the series, and we don't get that. And I I don't know. I just... My patience for the TV show is non-existent, and I actually prefer the movie. I'm okay with that, because the ending of the book series, or the book trilogy, the original book trilogy before there was another trilogy on top of the book trilogy, was already pretty bittersweet, and there were a lot of sad things things that happened and her getting married to Luke and that relationship culminating was one of the good things and that just took out one of the good things and had more bad things. Yeah. So I get that critique but I really liked the first couple seasons. It had potential. It had potential, my brother Alec. Yeah, so that was a weird-ass summary um, that didn't really summarize the book. Um, So Clary can see things. Uh, Jace thinks she's hot. Uh, Clary thinks Jace is hot. They kiss. Um, Simon is sad about it. He has a band. <laughs> Alec is brother to Izzy. Izzy is sister to Alec. They have another sibling. They find a mortal cup so that Valentine can't make more shadow hunters to kill the downworlders. Yeah. Yeah. That's the book. <laughs> That's the book. So on a scale of one to seven, my brother Alex, what would you rate this book? A solid five out of seven. Like a perfect score then? No. <laughs> Like, it's a really good setup book, but it has its own problems. And I think, like, it's the kind of book that you need the book two right away. You can't just read book one and then be like, I'm going to put it down. Oh, yeah. Like, you need book two to be able to be like, what the hell just happened? Yeah, because it ends with, like, Hodge suddenly being evil and then Valentine escapes with the MacGuffin through a portal into Shadowhunter country. Yeah, and Clary can draw things. Like, Clary has a magical power now. Yeah. So, like, you kind of need to immediately get into book two to be able to like move on with your life so it's a five out of seven and then you never move on with your life and then you talk about it 15 years later on your podcast that you started specifically for this purpose specifically (laughs) how else are we gonna talk about our brother alec (laughs) i like the series as a whole better than i like this book i think i would agree but i still like this book yeah i think it's book one it's a bit murky and it's it's a big world to create like there's a lot of exposition and i think it's why it's kind of slow to start slow to start even though there's like 50 subplots in this book. Yeah, but like the first book happens within like four days. Yeah, with 50 subplots. With 50 subplots. It's weird. The The narrative time of this book is weird. It's very teenager. Like everything happens fast when you're a teenager. You got to be on your toes. Yeah. Plus it's magic and there's evil people afoot. Yeah. So yeah, so that was the book and it was pretty good. Some complaints. Pretty good. Good, not great. Could be better. So that's us. If you want to chat with us about this book and tell us why we're wrong, we are at UnsightedPod on Twitter and Instagram. Please come find us and don't tag Cassandra Clare because she will be sad. Um, And she's a very nice person and she did a good job and we're not judging her. No. Everybody's first book series book is not going to be great, you know? But I haven't published a book. No. I can say that. I have not published a book. But she did and it was a good book and it got very famous and it's nice. Okay. And it got two adaptations. And one of them was good. Thank you for listening. And we hope to see you in two weeks. And as always, we're excited. Unavailable.
Nice vocalization. Are you ready? Thank you. Yeah, I'm so ready. Okay. <laughs>